Hello there, and welcome to episode 40 of Kazawab. I am your host for this episode, Willie, also known as Arrow. And as usual, we've got my co-host. Your boy Isaiah, a.k.a. IV. You know what I mean? Four, because it's four, and then 40, and then five. And I said, Freddy, and we ready. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Episode 40. And today, we've got a special guest with us. Hopefully, you heard his shorts earlier this week. But if not, I'm going to introduce him. We got Javian, a.k.a. Oops, Ivy's little brother. Yo. What's good, Slime? How you living, bro? I'm great. So today, as our title suggests, and as we've said a few times, we're going to be talking about Five Nights at Freddy's because of the movie that dropped two weeks ago. But with the movie conversation, there also must be the video game conversation because it'll just be really hard to talk about just the movie. The games are needed. And so when, when the time came for me to plan this Kuzo-Op episode, you know, I do this months in advance. I knew that we were going to try to talk about FNAF, but it wasn't necessarily like edged into stone. Like we were going to wait until we got closer, see what else we may want to talk about and then have our conversations. But one day, Javian hits me up and he's like, yo, talk about that Five Nights episode. And I was like, you know what? We will only if you hop on with us. And the reason why I did this was because of perspective. I knew that Jamie was a big fan of the franchise. I'm a fan of the franchise also, and I know that IV is kind of, you know, indifferent. And so I thought it would be fun to take three different perspectives to sit here and speak about this movie. And um, so let, let's just start there. What In your heads, what are your perspectives on the FNAF franchise. Where did you enter watching this movie at? How are you feeling going into it as as someone who may or may not be a fan of the franchise? Well, bro, much like I remember moments of being crammed in my bedroom watching bootleg Marvel flicks, I remember there being a couple times in the crib back when I lived with my parents that we were all inside the room on the computer playing Five Nights at Freddy's. And, um, I think that was my first that was my first interaction with it was with everyone else. I've never loaded up a single game of Five Nights at Freddy's by myself <laughs> ever. You can say that's an L if you want. I just want you to know I'd rather play Hello Neighbor respectfully. I I mean, you know what? I think I think I might agree with you on that little that little last bit, but for for my perspective, I think I'm a fan of the franchise. I remember playing for the first time on your couch. It was like 2014. The game first dropped. It's dropping on mobile. Javian is only three years old, already sleeping upstairs. IV's going to bed. And I'm like, well, I'm bored. Let me see what's on the phone for me to play. And there it is, FNAF. And so I play the game sitting on your couch scaring the crap out of myself just because I had headphones on and it was right in front of my face. So when something would jump at me, like it would jump. Um, And yeah, I mean, it was a fun horror game, the first game. And then it began to expand with theories about what the storyline is and why they're doing these things. And then more and more games began to come out fast. FNAF 2, 3, Sister Location, this, that. And I'm just like, whoa, they really just just dropping it and adding in a few extra mechanics in for each one. And some are misses, some are hits. But I know that for me, I, I played less as time went on. I began to play them less because it was just dropping too fast and I wasn't trying to spend the money on it like that. Especially when I honestly feel like 
the games aren't necessarily worth as expensive as they are sometimes. But I'm a fan of the franchise. I'm tapping into the lore of every new game. I'm watching people play the new games because I'm still locked in, just not willing to do it myself. And yeah, I mean, I was excited for this movie because I wanted to see how they could take something as simple as FNAF 1-ish and make it into a movie level like quality type vibe and you know i have my feelings about how that was handled but we're gonna get into that i was excited going into the movie to see what was created for the movie i remember like the first time i played a fnaf game was in church when isaiah was a youth pastor that's mad funny and i would play it with the kids of the staff and i would play with them and then i used to like want to play but you know like my mom and dad didn't really like scary things so I didn't get to play like on my own until middle school. Actually, no, like fifth grade. And I was on the bus and we were bored. So we, um, my friend pulled up Five Nights at Freddy's 2. And we were playing Five Nights at Freddy's 2 and I forgot how fun Five Nights at Freddy's was. So then when I came home, I started playing like, I got FNAF Security Breach and I started playing Security Breach. But then things started to like confuse me when I was playing like, I played, what's it called? Pizzeria Simulator? And that confused me because I didn't understand what was going on. So I started watching YouTube videos about it and I started watching MatPat and stuff so like that. And then I understood more of it. And now I'm just like hooked on the, what's it called? The lore of it. Yeah. The lore is cool. I, I, I love the, the sneak playing in church. I think that's hilarious. Bro, it's not demons, bro. It's ghosts, bro. It's different. Yeah, they're spirits. The spirits, bro. Yeah, you know, just some good old possession. Not, nothing too crazy, just possession. No, just a little paranormal, but... Yeah, you look, look, I like, Javian, one thing I can say is no matter how we go in this conversation about the movie, I could always respect some lore. I'm the dude who watches all the Fortnite videos to see what the background story is. Like, I'm diving into Easter eggs, new media rock stars. But I've been around since they were new media. I was back when there was new media and it was a Hispanic man that was doing those. Damn, that boy Philip Molina, man. I miss Philip, bro. But Eric, cool. Eric, cool. He do a little bit too much sometimes. Eric is cool on that new rock stars. But anyway, let's talk FNAF, right? Javian, Isaiah said the movie's trash. I think it's mid. I think it's mid. And we're going to get into why I think it's mid. But just, you know, very quickly, what do you th- what did you think of the movie, bro? From someone who, like, cares for the lore and, like, the games itself, like a fan, I feel like it would be good for, like, a fan to see it. But if you're, like... Don't know, like, a lot of, not a lot about it. It could be bad. That's a good take. Yeah, yeah. I could understand why someone would, would say that. But at the same time, I feel like as a fan of the games and of the lore, like a big fan, I'm there as soon as MatPat posts those videos. The movie was a mess. Like, it, it I think the movie, the right way to phrase what, you, what you're trying to say, at least for me, is the movie could be enjoyable but not necessarily good. But I don't think it was really either. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to start off with our regular Kuzawat pillars for this. But, you know, it's hard to talk about one pillar without getting into the other sometimes. So don't be surprised if this becomes a little messy along the way, especially with we with three different perspectives about what this movie is. I mean, the movie didn't bother to make sense. So why should we? You know what? That, that That's a valid point, bro. That's a valid point. So, to get messy right away, we're going to start off with merging two of our pillars together. We're going to take our sound and score of the movie, 
and mix it in with the cinematography because I feel like those are technical aspects of the movie that made this movie what it was because those were the best parts of the film. The set design, the animatronics, the the, the sounds while they're walking around. It was all great. I mean, sheesh, especially the animatronics. Like, talk about it. Yes, there weren't CGI. Which, which is crazy because I feel like it's something that you can see. Like, watching the movie, I feel like I could reach out and touch Bonnie or get ripped apart by Freddy or get slashed by Foxy. Like, I felt like that could happen while watching the movie because it looked real. They moved real janky. That realness was just great. And another thing that was really good was the way that the pizzeria place was designed, that, that Freddy's was designed really well. Like, it felt like the location from the game had come to life. And it was it was just sweet. It, I just, I love the attention to detail that they made for that. Yeah, they built it inside of an abandoned Home Depot. You see, and, and hearing stuff like that is so cool because it, it tells you that the people that were in charge of doing the set design the animatronic designs, the sound designs, like Foxy's dun-dun-dun-dun, they knew how important it was to get those aspects of this movie right. Because if those things aren't right, if that pizzeria doesn't look right, if those animatronics don't look right, fans of the games, the people that this movie was made for, they're checked out. So to see that level of respect put into that gives some appreciation from me to this movie. I think one thing that I liked about it too was in the game when you're playing the game and Freddy or any of the animatronics run up on you they don't run up on you with like a smooth um animation often and maybe that happens once or twice when you like are near the near death but for the most part when they pop in on screen they're these very still long shots that are super creepy and I think they did a good job using real animatronic animatronics to do these still shots. There are moments where there's these still shots and I'm waiting for Freddy to move and he doesn't move. And I'm like, the fact that he's not moving is kind of creeping me out because I know he wants to move. He's, what's going on? I'm shook a little. I'm not going to lie. So they did a good job at that for sure. I think they better, man. It's a video game movie. One thing about video game movies is if you're not going to pay proper homage to the way the game looks, the way the game feels, if you're not going to do your best to keep that feel, don't, don't even try it in my opinion, you know? So them doing that, I appreciated that. What about you, JVM? I feel like they looked cool because if they, it's good because like if they did it with CGI, I feel like it wouldn't bring like the aspect that it was real. Like it was really happening to Mike because the fact that it was like real, like they were actually moving, that was cool. Yeah, it, it was it was cool. And it gives the movie a lot of credit for me actually because if you're going to do anything right in the movie, I feel like that, that's one of the biggest things. Because like I said earlier, if you don't do it right, you lose people. But up next, let's dive into the uh, the acting and actors and actresses section of our pillars. Um, and I, I'm just going to start off with who I felt was the best in the entire movie. To no surprise, Matthew Lillard, the GOAT. If you don't know who Matthew Lillard is... You've probably heard his voice as Shaggy or seen him as Shaggy in the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Or, you know, if you know about that Stu Mocker from Scream, oof. Matthew Lillard's a goat. I want to see him in more stuff, and I feel like he was the best actor in this movie, man. Like, 
He just came in here and he did what he needed to do. And it's hilarious that they were trying to convince us that he wasn't who he actually was revealed to be in the movie. Like, they really tried to have us believe he was just some no-name dude. Yeah, he was Steve Raglan. Right, exactly. Like, who is Steve Raglan? Be, let's, let's be serious. But at the same time, movies are meant to be an uh, entryway for new people. And so naming him Steve Raglan and having him be the identity and all that, you know, they got to they got to try, right? They got to try for the fans. They got to bring the new people in. And and so overall, I knew who Matthew Lillard was when I saw that he was casted. Come on, son. Brilliant actor, really fun energy, high energy. Uh unless he's trying to be slick with it, then he's low energy, but he he knew what the role was, bro, and I I love him for it. I think he did exactly what he needed to do. I I I want to see more of him in it, man. I just you can't you can't beat his energy. Yeah, when he was playing as the phone guy, that was good. Yeah, I just loved seeing Shaggy be the one that's under a mask. I just thought at a very in a simple way, it was almost like a little Easter egg for all of us too that grew up knowing him to be Shaggy off those live action Scooby films. You feel me? So I'm like, ah, he's under the mask. Like outside of the lore of this, it's cool that they have him under a mask. Like that's fire. You know, I'm glad that you brought that up, right? Because the moment where he turns the corner as the yellow rabbit, as the movie calls him when he's in the suit, our, 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 it's, it's amazing the way our brains and our eyes as humans can detect the subtle difference between an animatronic and a real deal. Like, to see him turn that corner, his head tilted, slowly walking towards you, I got an uneasy feeling. Honestly, the most unease feeling that I had the entire film because I knew that someone was under there. Aside from me being a fan of the games and knowing, right, I knew that someone was walking towards Mike with ill intention and I felt it and it made it all more eerie, the costume. It it was just, it's great. It's creepy, but it's fun. It was creepy. All right. Well, you know what? Up next, we've got Josh Hutcherson. You know, Hunger Games, Zathura. He, 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 he took a little bit of a break from acting. And I believe this or another movie is like kind of his first comeback movie. And um, he was okay, I guess. I don't really like him. He was okay. But like, they, especially when the scenes where he was trying to figure out who took his brother, I thought like he was kind of being weird. Just tell me where he is. Yeah, like, have you, did you see who took him? Who was in that car? Like, calm down. I didn't like the sister either. Oh, I, I like the sister a lot most of the time. When you just watched the creator, you saw a child actor do his thing or her thing. For me, bro, I felt like as a child actor, she was kind of mid. I was like, ah, is it disrespectful? Hey, bro, you bringing up the creator with, with a little girl that isn't a typical little girl versus this movie, which is what she is, with a little bit of a weird side to her. So that's what she felt like to me, a, a real little girl. That's a little bit weird. I think that that's true, but I guess the scenes when she's playing with the animatronic animatronics. Yeah, those scenes were weird. Those were some, not that they were weird, like they could be weird. It's a horror film, but it doesn't feel weird. It feels like you're trying to force weird. And that was because I felt like her acting was whack. I mean, I, I, I feel like I disagree, bro. I feel like it was weird. Like it was weird watching her because she was just a weird little girl. She was an awkward little girl. Like it, it, it Sheesh, I felt like I could have been seeing Stella a little bit. Like, it it just felt like that awkwardness that I could understand why in certain moments 
you would say that she was hitting like a almost, okay, I can tell that you're acting thing, but I thought she was good. Like, I'm not saying standout, but she was good. Like, there, there's a difference between the two. Uh, but let, let's let's move forward to another prominent actor in the movie, um, Elizabeth Lale, which I, meh. I love her. I didn't like her at all. I love her actress. I don't like her acting, but I like her actress. I think all these I think all of these actors and actresses could have been better if the script was better, but the script wasn't great. I I agree with that 100%. I feel like the actors were directed to be a certain way. You could point at the directing, but the script wasn't strong. It didn't give them much to work with. Their lines were very short and very just like I I could have sat and wrote that in an hour, you know, like it didn't feel strong to me. And we're going to get into that next section, but I just feel like most of the actors, their characters maybe had like one or two character traits written on the top of their script, like mellow and sad. And then Josh Hutcherson just took that or Abby had weird written on it. Or Vanessa had haunted. Like, they had one thing written and they were like, that's what you got to work with. Which is why I like Matthew Lillard. Because I don't think many of the actors actually understood what this movie was supposed to be. Matthew Lillard understood his assignment. He said, yo, I'm here to be a serial killer that stuffs people inside of suits and that I stuff myself in a suit to kill people, a giant golden bunny. I'm going to be over the top. And he delivered, as Matthew Lillard always does. But I agree, wrote a stronger script, could have helped. But I'm excited to get into the next stage of our pillars uh, to, to really break down the, the, the big, big, big weaknesses of this movie. But the last kid I want to talk about, because Isaiah likes talking about these children actors and how they be mid all the time, except for the creator, Grant Feely, as the spirit of Golden Freddy, was... Fantastic. He was Luke Skywalker on the Obi-Wan show, if you didn't know. And I thought that um I thought that he delivered maybe top three performances in this movie. Like he when he was on screen, I was like, okay, Grant, I, I felt you. I see you with them creepy eyes and, and your haunting presence. Uh but yeah, I, that was fun. Yeah, I just think Matthew Lillard knows what he's doing because he's done it for a while more than everyone else in this movie. <laughs> like, that's also another thing, bro. When you've been around the block. Uh-huh. But I also liked him when he wasn't in the suit and when he was just on the phone or when he was talking to him and he realized his last name and you realize that that last name is the name of the other kid, his brother, you know, like... That he killed. That he killed. Like, I'm like, okay, see, these are little notes. Majority of the moments that made me go, okay, there could be something there. Matthew was on the screen for those moments. All right. Well, you know what? Now now it's time to get into our bickering. Let's let's get into what should be the meat and bones of any movie. And that's the story. And that's what they're delivering to the audience to keep them engaged. Like, so let, let's hit it from our different perspectives. And let's start with you, JV. And what, what what did you think of the story, the meat and bones of what this movie should have been? I think that the best part of the movie was the when they like did like the Easter eggs for like all the fans. Like when Balloon Boy popped up or like um, Mad Pat showed up and the name of the, the restaurant even was the Easter egg. That was cool. Yeah, you know, I, I thought the Easter eggs were cool. 
you know, but um, I, I don't think that necessarily means that the movie is is good. You know, it's enjoyable for some people. I for me, it was like a meh. But you know, for me, when it comes to like the story, story of this movie, it kind of just feels like they made it overly complicated while also paper thin. Like they put a lot of moving parts in it. And yet every single one of those parts was very surface level in what it was. And so it just, it's overcomplicated, simple mess, in my opinion. And one of the things that I feel like the movie struggled with was making it feel like the actual games, especially the first game that it's based on. I didn't feel scared. I didn't feel worried about most of the things happening on the screen because the movie didn't get to that atmosphere. It didn't get to that vibe. Like, it, it was just too... I don't want to say, like, light, but, like, even though the maybe one moment in the movie where the animatronics were actually doing the animatronic things that they did in the old OG game, like, it didn't... It didn't it didn't hit the same. Seeing Chica pull up on bro in the kitchen and have the cupcake jump at him, it didn't hit the same way that the video game did where Chica would run up and show up at your front door. Like, and I get it, video games are more immersive, but I think that this movie failed to make it feel like FNAF 1 or some of the other FNAF games. Like, I didn't get that environment. Even, you know, the beginning with like having the the kids just disappear. I understand it's a PG-13 movie, but... Maybe we could have made it a little bit more clear that them kids was being taken and actually, like, killed, like... I think that instead of the two-bit, like, stealing the children, they should have showed a flashback of him actually killing the children. That would have made the movie, like, ten times better. Yeah, so I, I guess I guess I agree with you, Willie. I just feel like they could have done... They could have done so much less complications of backing of the story when we know that this game originally was just about animatronics chasing you down as a Yoruba security guard in a pizza spot. Like, that was it. It was nothing else. Uh, if they had kept it simple, we would have just been able to enjoy those Easter eggs, like like Javian was saying. Um, one of my favorites is when the movie begins. You get a black screen with a six o'clock and then the screen fades in and it's the, the clock next to him on the... Everyone knows that six o'clock time as you made it through another night off rip. They're, tri they're triggering you. They're making you go, okay, so the game's on the screen. It's lit. You know what I mean? If they did more of that and they, they shortened the movie maybe even by like 20, 30 minutes, I think it could have actually been even more successful than it is right now, in my opinion. You know, I, I like the whole simplicity point that you're talking about, bro. It, it makes me think about just video game adaptations in general. Mario, Sonic, Last of Us, Uncharted. Those are different examples of ways movies have been adapted, some good and some bad. Mario took its own like path with the storyline of Mario and Luigi, but left enough of that simplistic nature of like, here's your power up. Wham, wham, wham. There you go. Now you big and strong. Like they'd made something interesting and fun to watch. The last of us adapted their video game to be a television show. They changed the things that needed changing to make it fit the medium better. And it worked. Uncharted kind of said, this is going to be a, movie that almost plays like a game which didn't work as well to me and then you have other examples like assassin's creed which is just awful but like sonic even 
Sonic has had years of stories, but they said, let's try something new with our Sonic movie. And it was a fun time. It was like, not the best, but it was fun. It was exciting. It was something new that you still felt like the character was Sonic. You felt like you were watching a Sonic project. Without the animatronics here, I don't know if I would have necessarily felt like it was FNAF. And, and even then, the, the animatronics, they just weren't scary to me. But for, for video game adaptations, bro, how do you feel about like this being a part of that conversation now? Yeah, I think that's a good point, bro. I mean, I think, as as said, I think that the directing and the writing of this film is ass. And so as a result, it leaves you, it leaves you unable to have a full conversation in the spectrum you just described when it comes to what it looks like to have video game adaptations in film. Um, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. I'll use the same points that you already used, right? Uncharted, when the movie is made to feel like a game instead of being a movie... I think they've already done something wrong because we don't play these games and go, oh, man, they're so fun. These are great games. I want to be all action. No, bro. Some of these games have better writing than TV shows these days. Last of Us is word to that. So I just think I like where we are. I want creativity. I want people to push and do adaptations and take chances and liberties that can only exist because you're in a different medium. But if you're going to do it, do it well. Don't think you're cute by having him say that's two jobs. And then when she's fighting her dad, he says, you had to do this and that. And she goes, that's two jobs. That's not cute. It was whack. <laughs> that shit was ass. No one liked it. <laughs> I'm wallet. But I just think you can write better than that. And so if you write better than that, it will always make a case. And then when we talk outside of how the movie's performed and we just look at what the movie means, like we've said tonight, Come on, baby. It's a W for us gamers. It's a W. It's a big W for gamers, no matter what. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's absolutely a W for gamers because although the movie wasn't exciting necessarily to me and I didn't think it was good, there are fans that loved it. It's broken the highest horror film like grossing this year. 20 million budget. It's made over 100 million already. It made its money back before the movie even dropped. While the movie was also streaming on Peacock, like it's doing things. So it is a W. And I, all I know is, like, FNAF, the games themselves aren't the best when it comes to story. And I know that the creator of the games has stated that. Like, he said, yeah, I, I ain't the best when it comes to the writing department at all. Like, they're messy. They're kind of crappy until someone comes in and connects pieces and makes theories about what could this mean. The excitement comes from the fans. The excitement always comes from the outside. Though, like you know, the thrill is playing the game, but the story has always ever been possible because of fans like Matt Pat. So, you know, it makes sense why some fans would find super enjoyment of it. As a fan myself, who is always locked in, this movie just wasn't enjoyable to me. But I could see that it would be enjoyable to others. But I, I'm, I don't think you. I honestly can't hear that this movie is good. I think it was entertaining because of not like the story, but like the whole point of like the Easter eggs and what you're gonna find next. And then with Steve Raglan and William Afton, like that was cool. Like even when they she, like when the she, Vanessa showed him the photo talking about that was her father, and like the plane she was holding was the plane that was, what's his name's brother? Like, that was cool. Like, that was intriguing to me in the movie. Yeah, man. Like, there, there are small things in there that are like, damn, if you would have just handled the storyline from point A to point B better, it would have been cool. 
seeing her with the plane was dope. I just wish that there was a little bit more emphasis on that spread throughout instead of just the movie telling us this, right? And then the same with the Easter eggs. For me, this movie felt very much like here's an Easter egg and then a bunch of laziness to get us to the next Easter egg and an Easter egg and an Easter egg. And then look at Balloon Boy. Look at the name of the diner. Look at MatPat. Look at Corey Kenshin. Look at this. It just felt like they were throwing at us like these Easter egg fastballs to stun us, to make us like forget that there's an actual movie supposed to be going on. You know, I don't know. But at the same time, bro, like you, you saying it's entertaining to you. That's awesome. But you could be entertained by a bad movie, bro. I got a movie that I would recommend over FNAF. That's similar concept in murderous animatronics, except they did murderous animatronics better. And even if this movie wasn't rated R, which I can't remember if it actually is or not, Willy's Wonderland, Nick Cage. It's just, it's it's a bad movie that understands it's a bad movie. And so they can have fun with the fact that it's a bad movie. It's brilliant. Brilliant stuff there. And you know, if you're entertained by this, if you're upset because me and IV are saying that this movie wasn't a good movie, sorry. Like, we would love to hear why you think it wasn't a bad movie, but what a movie is supposed to be entertaining, it had good writing and stuff, that wasn't there. If anything, it represented the games very well because if it's just, it's all right, whatever, in the writing department. And the spirit of it being a FNAF game, the horror, the, ah, oh, shoot. It wasn't there for me. So, you know, just to, just to end off this conversation, bro, let me hear these ratings. Let me hear these number ratings. I'm going to shoot mine. Clean five. If I, if I was, like, not a fan, I would give it probably, like, a four. Like, a four and a half. But if I was, like, a fan fan... Which I am, I would give it, I'm gonna give it like a seven or a six and a half. That's not pretty good, bro. I respect that. It's still pretty low. It's okay. It was okay. It was okay. I probably would give this movie like a 5.5 out of 10 or like a maybe like a six out of 10 if I'm feeling generous. Hey, you know what? All, all I'm hearing is it's not a 10 out of 10, the way most people are saying. But, uh, you know, if the movie did one thing right, it made me wanna go back and play the games. But that's because they didn't feature my boy Josh Hutchinson running inside of a security closet, closing the doors, locking down the lights and stuff like that because, you know, they missed out on there, so I got to go find it somewhere else. But FNAF 2023, William Afton said it himself. I always come back and we'll be coming back too. It's been great having you guys join us for another episode of Kazawap. We love, love, love to have guests. And so, you know... Who knows? Maybe you'll have yourself join us here on, on an episode of Cuzzle Wop in 2024. Uh, be sure to share these uh, episodes out, especially if uh, you know anybody who likes horror, has been talking about FNAF. Send this over to them. Be like, yo, here's a couple guys just talking their honest thoughts. Um, we love to have support in that way. We appreciate everybody who taps in with us. You know every time that you jump into an episode of Cuzzle Wop, you will always find two cousins, one podcast, and endless entertainment. It's me, it's me.